this morning. Turn back to Philippians chapter 2 with me. Philippians chapter 2. Oh, let me get it back around here. Is that better? Need to be up more? Louder, Kevin. Is that better? Tell me when. I can stand it if you can stand it. All right. Philippians chapter 2. This morning we're going to be talking about people. Joy in spite of people. Uh, I don't know that any of you, anybody in here except me, has trouble with this one. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's how it goes. I get the lesson for myself before I share it for you, with you. Let me see if I can find. I told you Janet's got me all messed up this morning. She doesn't realize how important she is, does she? Philippians chapter 2. All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning thankful that we can gather together as your family. Father, we just lift those up that couldn't be here this morning, Lord, that uh, we just ask that you would just get completely and personally involved in each and every one of their circumstances. Lord, we give you the honor and glory and know that, that your will is the will that we want, not our will. We ask that you would just Continue to bless us, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Lord, I just ask that this sermon this morning, this message might bring honor and glory unto you. And that is the complete and whole purpose. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. And I want this morning, the main thing that I'm going to focus on this morning is through verse 11. Okay, Not that the remainder of this chapter isn't important. It is. But what I want to focus on this morning is through verse 11. I will read uh, the entire thing uh, because I don't like to leave anything out. Uh, but our focus this morning, again, will be uh, through verse 11. So let me read this uh here with us. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. There it is again, isn't it? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in the lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Doesn't need a sermon, does it? But this morning I want to talk about finding our joy in spite of people. And I think each and every one of us, you know, we, we can get a chuckle out of it because it's true. But each and every one of us can think of a time or times or maybe presently in our life when people that we're around don't really bring us much joy. Amen? But you see, in order for us to, to get joy out of those people, we have to think back to, to last week and what we learned about being single-minded. You see, it's all about an attitude. Think for a moment about Jesus. And what He came to this earth and what, what, what He did and what He went through. Now, do you think people should have brought Jesus joy? They crucified him. But you see, he came as a servant to serve others. His attitude was to serve others, even to the death of the cross. So in that, he found joy. He found joy in, in being the sacrifice for our redemption. So then what should our attitude be? To serve us. To look past our own wants and wishes and selfish needs, because that's what they are, and strive to serve others, not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify Christ. Be in service for Christ's cause. So those are the things that we're going to look at this morning. Submissive mind. The key to joy in spite of people is having a submissive mind. Now, put that into perspective, would you? We are conditioned from, from the time we arrive on this earth to what? Fight and get ahead. We are not we are we are conditioned to be just the opposite of submissive, aren't we? Instead we're told is and, and I did it. We tell our children, you can do whatever you want to do, just set your mind to it. You can be whatever you want to be. People, don't let any no one can stop you but yourself. Now does that align with what this is? Not so much. Not so much. But we are conditioned from birth to be aggressive, to be domineering. We're not conditioned to be submissive. But the key to joy in spite of people is having a submissive mind or a submissive attitude. Now that doesn't mean that, that we should let people just run over us. I, I don't mean that at all. Doesn't mean that at all. But it says, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Humble, isn't it? Humble. We have to have an attitude that we're not the most important. 
that we're actually not important at all. Others have to be more important than we are. If we're going to have a submissive mind, if we're going to have a mind of service, if we're going to have a mind that, that is in the right state to glorify Christ, because that was his attitude. Think about, think all he cared about was glorifying God. Didn't he? <coughs> all he cared about was glorifying the Father. And he understood that, that he was put here to serve. And to be the perfect lamb. And he was submissive to the Father up until death. Why would that not apply to his people? It does. It absolutely does. And he found great joy in that whole experience. Therefore, we can find joy in our whole experience if we have the same attitude. Humility. In order to have a submissive mind, you have to be humble. It, it, it goes hand in hand. The humble person is not one who thinks meanly of himself. He simply does not think of himself at all, says Weirdly. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? We... You can't be humble and ever elevate yourself above others. Doesn't work. We can't be humble and ever put our own interest in front of others. We can't be humble and not look out for the good of others over ourselves. I tell you, going through this, I figured out I wasn't as near as humble as I thought I was. I consider myself I work real hard at being humble. I've told y'all that before. Because I know how important it is, especially in the role that, that God has got me in with you. The absolute last thing I need to do is elevate myself at all. Because the moment that starts happening, I, I stop giving God the glory. I stop letting it be all about Him. I, it start, there's, some of me starts jumping in there. But the same attitude applies to all of us. And no matter how humble we think we really are, we got a long way to go. The truly humble person knows himself and ex accepts himself. You, do you understand how important? I know you must. I think it's just an attribute of being a Christian. How important it is to know yourself and your weaknesses. The things that or a thorn in your side. It is critical that we know ourselves, that we search ourselves, that we we line ourselves up against the principles and attitudes that, that God has given us in the Word and, and know where we stand. Because if we don't, then, then we can't accept ourselves where we're at, work on ourselves, and then get our minds right in, in the means of being submissive to others. Submissive to authority and being humble. We, we can't do it. it. It's critically important because what is, what is our natural issue? Pride. And, and isn't it so easy for pride to creep up in our lives? In the weirdest places. In, in the most 
in, in the places that you least expect it, that little thorn of pride will creep up. And, and the moment it does, you can't help but elevate yourself. You can't help but put yourself up before others. Romans 12.3 says, For I say through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but think soberly as God has dealt each one of us a measure of faith. I love that passage. I love that passage. Because it means so much to me. It, it, it's such a check for me, a check and balance inside of me. But it applies to all of us. It's, he says, don't, if, if it wasn't an issue for all of us, you think you'd have put it in here? We have a natural instinct to, to, to think more of ourselves than we ought to. Not just me, not just Kevin, not just Mary Jane. Everyone that, that has walked the face of this earth has this issue. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible tells us. We all got pride issues. But he says, he says, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly. When, when I read that, I think about God shaking me by the neck. Sober up. What are you wising up? As God has dealt each one of us a measure of faith, each and every one of us have a different place in our walk. And it, it could be so easy for one of us or and I don't mean just this group, but it could be so easy for us to look upon someone else and go, why don't he get it? What is wrong with him? I mean, that is the most basic thing. But you see, God has given each one of us a different measure of grace. Each one of us are in a different place in our walk. So just because you got something don't mean Felicia got it. Or Cindy got it. And if they hadn't got it, what should we do? Pray for them. Ask for God's revealing mercy and, and revelation to them. And that He continue to bless them where He's got them in their walk. You see, He may not be ready for them to move forward in their walk. He may not be ready for you to take a step forward. I've said this before. You have, wherever God has you in your walk with Him, you've got to be content and responsible to it before He's going to move you forward. That's a hard thing. I know it's hard. But in, in what I just said right there, what is there? Patience. Patience. Because you, there's submissiveness in that because you have to wait and let God lead. Because as long as you're not content with it, you're out there wanting to lead. You're wanting to drag God along on your walk, not Him drag you along. That's, he's supposed to be leading us, not us leading Him. And we all, we, 
We have an issue with that too, don't we? Each one has a different measure of faith. And each one is blessed in that if they're responsible to it. No matter where, no matter how short of steps or small that, that, that measure of faith is, if, if a person is responsible in that and, and, and being obedient in that, there's just as much blessing and grace to them as there is the, the Christian that's a, a large measure has been poured out. So don't look on other people that you may look at and think, man, I wish I, wish I was where he was at in his walk or her. That's wrong. Don't do that. But instead, get in the right relationship with God. Be obedient and responsible to the measure that He's poured out on you. And be patient. If you do that, then He's going to give you more. He's going to pour out more on you. The humble person yields himself to Christ to be a servant. To use what he is and has for the glory of Christ and others. Think about that for a minute. Is your attitude that every day when you get up, Father, use me today for your glory. Whatever, whatever the means is, use me for your glory. Or are you in a different place? And you already have your your agenda laid out. And and that agenda, if if glorifying God happens to fall into that agenda, it's okay. But it's not the main main focus. If you're in that place, you got the wrong attitude. You don't have a, an attitude of humility or a submissive mind at all. Our attitude should be, use me, Father, for your glory. Wherever you lead me today, whatever path you have me cross today, use me for your glory, that I might magnify your name. Magnify the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to bring you glory. Others is the key to all this. Others, not self. We've got to get our minds off of ourselves. Off, off, off of what we want, off of what we feel, off of what we makes us comfortable. I'm going to tell you something. Being a Christian, there's nothing about being a Christian that is comfortable. Or it's not for me. He keeps me in very uncomfortable situations. But you know what? I have, I, I have to praise Him for that because I know that He's growing me. I know that He's using me. I know that he's testing me. I know that he's, he's putting my faith to the test. It's about others. The believer's eyes are turned away from himself and focused on others. Now, in verse 5 and 6 here in, in chapter 2, it says this. It says, for your fellowship in the gospel for the first... Uh, that's chapter 1. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What does he say there? A mind like Christ. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. The mind of Christ means the attitude that Christ exhibits. Think about that. If I'm going to have... If I'm going to have the mind of Christ, I'm going to exhibit the, the attitudes that he exhibited. Our attitude should be the same as his. Philippians 2.5 says this, which I just said, let the mind be which also, uh, let this mind be in which was also in Christ Jesus. So our, our, our goal, our intentions, our motives should be to have a mind or attitudes like Christ. He's our example. Look with me at James. Uh, James 4, 1 through 10 real quick. It says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Now, what, right there, he, he's talking about, he very, from the very start, he brings up where their focus is at in James. Their focus is, is, is on their own desires. Okay? Verse 2, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. He said, but your focus is off. Your intentions are bad. Your mind is not right. They've elevated, you can read very quickly right here, they've elevated their self to head of God. Their attitudes are wrong. It's about what they want, what they need, what they think they need, over what Christ has in store for them. You ask and do not receive in verse 3 because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the word is enmity with God? Uh, with the world, excuse me. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I need grace. I don't want to be resisted by God. And he tells us very clearly right here, really it's black and white, either you're proud or you're humble. I don't see any middle ground. Either you have an attitude of humility or you have an attitude of pride. And it tells us very clearly Clearly that God resists the proud. So that if you're a child of God and you have an issue in your life of pride, you need to repent of that. You, you should have an attitude of humility. You can't have a submissive mind and a, and a mind of service and be able to have the right attitude when you deal with people unless you are humble. Period. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Think it's not important to be humble? It's critical. It's critical. It's critical to our growth. It's critical to our walk. And we absolutely, definitely can't glorify God unless we have an attitude of humility. We sure can't serve others. Verse 7. In verse 7, Jesus willingly humbled himself that he might lift us up. He's our model servant in Matthew 20, 28. It says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See how Jesus dealt with people? You're starting to see he was mocked, he was tortured, he was tormented, he was made fun of. Everything that you and I think that people just do to us, he was done to. But he still had an attitude of humility. And, his, and he still came to serve. Think about the upper room. Who washed the feet? <coughs> Why in the world would he stoop so low as to wash their feet? They ought to be washing his. But he was setting an example for me and you and them. That in order to glorify God, we have to serve others. We have to elevate others over ourselves. I don't know about you, but there is nothing here worth elevating. I hadn't done anything. See, that's, that's the, when, when we, we've got to realize, we have to be able to realize that we haven't done anything good. We have nothing good to offer except through Christ. But in and of ourselves, for lack of a better word, we're trash. We should have been cast out to the dump. And as undeserving as we were, He served us by going on the, He chose and served us by going on the cross to redeem us. And if we're going to model ourselves after Jesus, we must serve others. Now, I'm going to tell you, there, there ain't anybody in the room, well, maybe one, that had rather get in a corner and not ever have to deal with people than me. But you see, we can't glorify God and not, not, not be around people. I know that comes as a shock to some of you. Because I could be a hermit. <laughs> I could go get off the grid real easy. <coughs> but that's not what we were called to be. We were called to be the salt of the earth. We were called to be a testimony to Christ. We were called 
to shine his light in the world. How do we do that if we don't be around people? Say, well, people just make me, I know they make me that way too. I'm telling you, you uh, it don't matter what kind of crowd I get in, I get just this sick feeling. And I'm going to tell you something. I was somewhere the other night that I had to be. And <clears throat> you talk about heavy pride in the room. Pride, I'm talking about, it, it, they were chest thrown out. I, it was an auction. It was an auction. And man... When, when, when this pride over here feels like that pride over there is getting a little heavier, oh, it, it's a battle. Who's going to look better? It's pride. We all have the issue. And for just a split moment, I thought, man, I wish I had, I had the means to, to do something. And that quick, the Holy Spirit checked me and said, humble yourself. That quick. But that's how quick it, it, it wells up in us. That's how quick it wells up in us. Because that's our nature. That's our nature. So it is ever more important that we continually check ourselves, like I mentioned earlier, and our attitudes to find out, are we really humble or do we just think we're humble? Are we really, do we really have an attitude of service or do we just give it lip service? Because there's a big difference. And though I may not be able to see the difference, God sees it. God knows it. He knows what the real issue in your heart is. I might not see it, but He does. Verse 8, He talks... Many people are willing to serve others as long as it does not cost them anything. Isn't that true? But if there's a price to pay, they suddenly lose interest. Well, I got some more news for you. To model Christ, it will always cost you something. And it should. Bible clearly states ask the question is the servant better than the master we're not we're not in order to model the attitude and have a submissive mind and, and be humble there must be a price to pay for the Christian as he serves others now that, that could be in many different forms it might be financially it might be I don't. I mean, I can't even list all the, the different ways that there might be an inconvenience. Is it ever convenient to help somebody? Is it really ever convenient for you to help somebody? I told you a story here a couple of weeks ago about working nights, three o'clock in the morning. I'm going out to my truck, and and the gentleman I hear click 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 click, and the car's right here, and I walk by, and I'm going to my truck. It's click 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 click, and I'm thinking I want to go home and go to bed. Again, the Holy Spirit said, help him. I don't know him. Why? I don't have time for that. I'm on a mission to get in my bed. 
I don't have time for that. I'm going to tell you, I actually, I actually, those things went through my mind. I'll tell you something funnier than that. The day before, I bought a brand new pair of jumper cables. <laughs> and then I got, I got so guilty feeling because I thought, all of these things that's led up to this week with me having to buy new jumper cables because mine wouldn't work, my stupid tractor won't crank. Could have been leading up to serving that guy and be a model. Because you want to know how many other people that night walked right to their car while that car was going click, 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 click. About 200. Now, that's between them and God. I, I don't know what he laid on any of their hearts, but I know what he laid on Scott's. And I, I know the, the trouble that Scott got in for the attitude that he had of not immediately stopping and saying, I'll be right back. So no matter where we think we're at, no matter where we really think our attitudes are at, are they really humble? Are they really submissive? And it's got to cost us something. Now, that wasn't much price to pay that night. Losing five, probably not even five minutes. Jumped I mean, I mean, we hooked, it went boom. Took more time to drive around there and pull in front of his car than it did to do anything else. But there was a price for me. There was a price I had to pay for having the wrong attitude. I got a lesson at 3 o'clock in the morning on humility and service. And elevating myself, the pride that I had in myself, of thinking I was more important than he was. Jesus became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. There's a price to pay. No price that we have to pay adds up to the price that he had to pay. Amen. Dr. J.H. Jowett, who was a preacher, said, ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. You know, that's a pretty, that's, that's a pretty profound statement. I think about ministries around I don't mean necessarily locally but if they cost nothing if, if there's not some growing and some, some, some fiery trials by faith in, in those people in which those ministries are going on what do they accomplish? they can't accomplish much because I don't know about you, but I look around uh, this little group and I, I see a whole lot, I see a whole lot of prices being paid. I see, I see a whole lot of fiery trials by faith. I see a whole lot of, of, of circumstances in which prayer warriors are, are praying for one another and, and man, the things that come out of those things. Amen. But in all of that, there's a price. There is a price when you sit down and pray for somebody else. It, it costs you something. Now, there's much reward in it. But, but that sitting down and praying for your brother or sister is, is reaping just as much for you as it is them. Sometimes more. 
So as we look at things and as we look at our service for others, we should not look at it like, man, this is costing me or this is so inconvenient. But instead, we should look at it as a blessing. We should view it in humility and submissiveness because that's what the, we're told to do. So that we can truly give God the glory. Because we can't truly glorify Him with the wrong attitude. He said, he also said, he said, my, my Lord's cross was not cheap. Why should mine be? I love that. A submissive mind makes us more like Christ. A person with a submissive mind does not avoid sacrifice. Well, that, that, that hits home with me. Just like I told you the story about the, the jumping the, the, the young man off. A submissive mind does not avoid sacrifice. He lives, that person lives for the glory of God and the good of others. Verse 9 through 11. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap it up. This is, a, this is the great goal in all that we do. Our great goal in all that we do, it shouldn't be to get to heaven. It should be to glorify God. I, you and I both have heard time and time again people say, oh, I just want to get to heaven. Oh, I just want to be in heaven. I just don't want to be in hell. I just want to be in heaven. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. That's a very important place to be. But the goal should be to glorify God. The goal shouldn't be just to get to heaven. Getting to heaven ought to be a reward for glorifying God. Our salvation has at its ultimate purpose the glory of God. Think about that for a minute. Our salvation has at its ultimate purpose the glory of God. It glorified Him for Jesus to go to the cross as the perfect Lamb to save His elect. Therefore, the glory of God should be our ultimate purpose. Ephesians 1.6 to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. To the praise and glory of His grace by which He made us accepted into the, into the Beloved. It's all about Christ. His glory. 112. That we, first, uh, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. Now, have, has anything this morning you heard me say anything about my glory or your glory? No. His glory. The goal is to glorify Christ. The one true goal is to glorify Him. We get it so backwards. 1.14, Ephesians 1.14 says, Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? Until the redemption of the purchased possession 
to the praise of his glory. The person with a submissive mind as he lives for others must expect sacrifice and service. But in the end, it's going to lead to glory. With the right attitudes toward people in general, good or bad, we must expect sacrifice and service. So get over it. It's not going to be convenient. Not always going to be pleasant. But if we're going to have the right attitudes and be in the right position in our relationship with Him, we must expect sacrifice and service. And in the end, in the end, it's going to lead to glory. That's good stuff. It's not all for naught at all. Sometimes it's bleak when you, th when you think about it, isn't it? Sometimes when you're in the middle of circumstances or when you're dealing with a, just a downright God-hater, you're like, Lord, get me out of this. Why am I in contact with this? <laughs> I had that thought in Lowe's the other night. <laughs> we were in Lowe's. I, I kid you not. I'm fixing to blow, blow your mind. I might not, but we're in Lowe's. We go to the paint section. I'm, I'm trying to hurry, y'all. I'm in the paint section, and I'm this little girl's walking. That, that she's got her Lowe's thing on, and she's walking away from me. And I said, "Excuse me, ma'am. I'm looking for." And she turns around, and I kid you not, she had ears. They were, what kind of ears were they? Elf ears on. And her hair was green. And I went, and I did. I said, what is wrong with your ears? <laughs> I did. I did it. And she goes, hee, <laughs> I said, why would you do that? And then she took them off. I said, you did that by choice? And I, then I thought, bless your heart. I said, why would you do that? I want to look fancy. And, and I didn't, you know, I, I wanted, I should have, probably, I, I probably should have told her, you know, you are what God made you. Don't try to be anything different. But I felt sorry for her. I made fun of her in the car, but <laughs> only in the car. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. It, I took a, I got a picture of it if you don't say it. I, I made her let me take a picture of her. I don't know if I can. I don't, I don't know if I can cast it up there. But I got a picture of it. I mean, it was it was the darndest thing I ever seen. At first, I thought they that she had had some kind of. You know, nowadays they go make themselves look like cats and everything else. But I felt sorry for her. 
Because she must be, must be so needy of someone, and that someone is Jesus. If, if you can't accept what God created you to be, you have a spiritual issue. Whether that's skinny, fat. Now, I'm not saying we all should try to take care of ourselves. I don't mean that at all. I'm, I'm in the worst shape. I'm glad Lisa's not here because I'm going to tell her I'll start my diet tomorrow. <laughs> but there's an issue if you can't accept what God's created you to be. And I felt sorry for her. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, this, There humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He, you see it's capitalized, and it's capitalized like that in the Bible, that He may exalt you in due time. Not me exalting myself, not you exalting yourself, not me exalting you, you exalting me, but He lifts us up. He exalts us. So you see, we can be around people and have joy. But that joy is found in the right attitudes. And so many times, so many times, it's our attitudes that's the issue, it's not the people. It's our attitudes that's the issue, it's not the people. Because He has redeemed us to be a light in front of the lost. He, he has redeemed us to glorify the gospel to lost souls. And in order to do that, we've got to be around people. So we need to get the right attitude. So that we can find that joy, just like Christ found that joy, walking this earth, when he had to be around people that were outside his circle. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words and for your truth. We thank you, Lord, that we can find joy through you, Lord, and we ask that you just deal with our attitudes. You show us our attitudes, Lord, that we may repent and make them right before you in order that we might give you glory and glorify you. I ask that you protect this church, guide and direct this church, Lord, those that couldn't be here this morning, those whose circumstances are not favorable at this moment, Lord, we ask and lift them up to you and ask that you just be close, be near, and draw near unto them. These things I ask in Jesus' name, amen.